This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au To bring God's word to you. Um, I'm really thankful for this opportunity to preach. So yeah, thank you. And special shout out to those who are tuning in. Thank you. Um, It's great to have you along as well. So about a decade ago, I went traveling. Um, It was my first big trip overseas without my family. And we, um, my girlfriend and I, we were flying to New York City. Um, so excited about it, big anticipation. And uh, <laughs> we got on the flight, everything went really well. Flew to New, uh, LA, um, which is like a 12 hour flight. Everything is going really smoothly. And then that last leg from LA to New York, um, hopped on that plane. And I started chatting to my friend and. She just um, started to give me some really negative vibes, um, kind of scrunched up her face at me, would um, kind of turn away from me when I talked to her. And me being really mature, just thought I must have hurt her. And instead of asking what I did wrong, I just turned and met someone on the other side of me and got to know them. (laughs) Fast forward a few hours, we made it to New York City and we were lying on the floor of our apartment looking up at the starry lights at Manhattan City. Um, oh, it was just amazing. And we got chatting. Everything was going really well, which is good. Um, and we started talking about our love languages. Um, has anyone here heard of the five love languages? Yeah, getting a lot of nods, yeah. So um, pastor, theologian um, coined these terms, the five love languages. And they're five ways that we can um, experience love, like receive love and give love. Um, So shout out, what are the five ways? Quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, yeah, excellent, acts of service. So um, I share that one of my top love languages is quality time and within that quality conversation. And she goes, oh, me too, quality time. Silent quality time. And the ball dropped. (laughs) She had had enough of me talking to her. And that is why she gave me the cold shoulder halfway through our flight. Totally fair enough. Mind blown. Really helpful conversation. (laughs) Um, So tonight we're thinking about the love languages of God. How does God express his love to us? Um, And how we can actually express God's love to one another. I want you to walk away from tonight reminded that you are loved by God. And empowered to know that you can love one another with the love that God gives you. So let's dive in. Um, I've just got two points. Um, So point number one, God is love and he loves his church. So if you can flick back open to 1 John chapter 4 and keep a finger in the Ephesians passage because we'll flick to that soon. Um, This passage is just dripping with love, isn't it? John is obsessed with talking about it. And all his arguments circle around this this truth that's in verse 8. God himself is love. This means his essence, his being, his core. He is the very definition of love. So basically, if you want to understand what love is, get to know God. 
And one of God's love languages is acts of service. It's the primary, most powerful way um, that God has loved us. Verse 9 reads, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This act of service is something we could never have done for ourselves. For we, apart from Christ, are dead in sin. The reality of all humanity. And yet, God loved us first. He initiated, he pursued, he sent Jesus to live and to die for us. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for us collectively to present us to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or blemish. Sisters, we cannot and we must not stop talking about this. For this is the ultimate demonstration of love ever. As good as romantic gestures are, they give us only a glimpse of how great God's love is for us. And our hearts need to hear this truth again and again and again. Now, I doubt anyone in this room or tuning in has uh, not heard of this concept, at least. But let's be honest, we've probably all struggled to believe that God loves us. I've personally had a really big journey in even believing that I'm lovable. Um, I remember feeling this way when I was a teenager. We'd go on church camp and would get to the end of it and I'd just feel rubbish about myself. I'd be left feeling like, why does anyone want to spend time with me? Sad. <laughs> uh, but God has been doing a lot in my heart and I can tell you that's not what I think now. Um, God has helped me break those lies that I used to believe about myself and I've um, repented of believing those lies and I actively choose to believe that I am secure in God's love. I do sin, but I am forgiven and I am his precious daughter, even when I don't feel it. Sometimes when I'm really, really low, I'll turn to my husband, Tom, and I'll ask him to actually just list out a list of truths that God says about me. And I can tell you, it is so powerful. <laughs> God's love has changed and keeps changing my life every single day. Um, so keep a finger in 1 John 4. We're going to flick open to Ephesians 3. So here we get a peek into the prayer life of Paul for the church. And what does he pray for? Safety, that they'd be really smart. Those are really good things to pray for. But instead, Paul prays that they would understand the enormity of Christ's love. This past year, my husband and I have been doing renovations on a house and um, we're nearing the end of the project. We finally get to work on the gardens, which I'm really stoked about. And with lockdown ending, I can finally leave the house and buy plants. <laughs> so I've bought beautiful things like olive trees, lemon trees, lavender. Oh, beautiful. And the next task is to, to plant them. Dig, dig those holes and get them into the soil. Um, and when they stay in their pots, they've started to wilt. They haven't grown, and some of them, unfortunately, have already died. <laughs> and um, Paul here, in his prayer, he desires to see a similar sort of foundation and growth for the Ephesian church. Verse 17, it speaks of being rooted and established. Metaphors which paint a gardening picture of the church, where they're immersed in, nourished by, fed and watered, sustained 
in what? Love. This love of God is to be our identity, our sustenance, our pursuit in life. In fact, this love is so great that it surpasses even our comprehension. So I suspect we'll be spending eternity getting to know love. Cool concept, hey? (laughs) Your identity is one of love, and it's not an airy-fairy vague sense. It's real, tangible, and eternal. You are treasured by God himself. He's affectionate towards you. He loves you. Keep seeking to comprehend this life-giving love of God. Check out verse 18. Paul's prayer includes praying not just for the individual, but for the collective. He prays that the Ephesians, for, with all the Lord's holy people, would comprehend God's love. I love how the pastor theologian um, John Stott puts it. The isolated Christian can indeed know something of the love of Jesus, but his grasp of it is bound to be limited by his limited experience. It needs the whole people of God to understand the whole love of God. All the saints together, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, young and old, black and white, with all varied backgrounds and experiences. What a rebuke for our individualism, hey? God has designed us to need relationships to actually experience the depths of his love. It is together with one another that we can pursue, we're, we're to pursue the comprehension of God's love. And what a great encouragement for us at Anchor to do that together. And if you don't know this love of God, what's holding you back? The Bible says Jesus stands at the door and knocks. I encourage you to open that door even just a little inch, and get to know love himself. To answer Paul's prayer, one of the ways in which we actually grasp this love of God is through the church, especially when we can't see him, we can't feel him, we can't um, yeah, reach out and touch him. God has given us one another to be able to experience himself, which brings us to our second point. When we love one another, we enjoy God's love. Because we're loved by God, we're then to love one another. So flick back to 1 John 4, and we'll reread verses 11 and 12. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Did you notice what happens when we love one another? Verse 12 says, God lives in us and his, made, his love is made complete in us. And earlier in verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. What a strong word for us tonight. Hey, if you claim to be a believer, to know God, pursue a life of love. For God has chosen to humble himself, to allow us to partake with his very being, to share his very presence and goodness with others. Through the way we love one another, we pour out his love to others. God wants us to partner with 
him, with him to share himself. Let that sink in. You are not beyond repair. You're not too broken. You're not too useless. Well, sorry, you're not useless at all. <laughs> you're not too old or young or busy or tired for God to want to share himself in you and with others. In fact, John says that through loving one another, God's love is made complete in us. Uh, But wait, does that mean that God's love is imperfect and incomplete without us? Good questions to pause and ask. Um, And there's an important distinction that we must make. Um, There's a distinction between God's, the essence of God's love and the purpose of God's love. So God's love in its essence isn't lacking. It's perfect and complete. But the purpose of God's love is to not terminate in us, but it's to be expressed to others. When God's love stops in us, then that doesn't complete the purpose of his love. We need to let his love overflow to others. But boy, don't we need God's help to love like God does. Praise him, we have the Holy Spirit. Um, But what about the love of people who don't know God, who aren't part of the church? What about their love? Of course people outside the church can love. (laughs) They often love better than Christians do, let's be honest. (laughs) We're all made in the image of God. But here in John's letter, he's talking about agape love. Now, agape love is pure, willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. This is the sacrificial love of God, demonstrated powerfully through sending his beautiful son, Jesus, to us. This sort of love is big. (laughs) I know that many of you here give and give and you feel like you have nothing left to give. Burnout's real. Compassion fatigue is real. And I'm limited with what I can say tonight on that, but it's a very important topic to talk about. Um, But I will say, do let others love you. It can feel awkward, super humbling. (laughs) In fact, our culture says, you got this. You don't need no man. Um, Our culture says that we can do things in our own strength, doesn't it? Wonderfully, you can both enjoy God through seeking someone else's happiness, through loving others, and you can enjoy God by accepting and receiving the love that others have for you. Remember, it can be an act of love, uh, an act of love um, loving someone else by letting them love you back. (laughs) by accepting their love. So accept that free coffee. (laughs) Accept the compliment. Ladies, God has given us so much room to creatively express what love looks like, which I think is a really cool thing. So consider, who are you? What are your strengths? How do you like to love people? What are your love languages? What's your capacity right now in the season that God has you in? Sometimes our fear can dictate um, how we love someone. You fear saying the wrong thing 
or using the wrong tone or acting the wrong way, and rather than do it incorrectly, you do nothing at all. Sisters, don't let fear hold you back. You don't need to fear with God on your side. And the reality is that if you're at church for long enough, you will hurt someone. You just will. You and I are still battling sin. We're not in our resurrection bodies yet. We still face temptation. And the the reality is that relationships are complicated and confusing. (laughs) That's why we need to be a community of grace. We need to be ready to offer forgiveness to one another. We need to be a church that assumes the best in one another. Love is patient. It's kind. Actually, I saw this Bible verse in the bathroom, so if you want to read it again, you can go to the toilet. Love is patient. It's kind. It doesn't envy or boast. It's not self-seeking. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. This sort of love is independent of whether we will receive anything back, like praise or even a thank you. And that is why this sort of love needs to flow from God himself, from our Heavenly Father. We need his life-giving love. And sadly, most of the people um, listening tonight, tuning in or here, have been hurt by someone in the church as well. Maybe you've been pressured to serve in multiple ways just because you're single and people assume you have lots of time. Maybe you've been hurt by someone's harsh rebuke. Friends, the list of ways the church has disappointed one another is long. And I want to say how sorry I am that you've been hurt by people within the church. God sees that. He cares. And that is why he sent Jesus to die. Because we're sinners and we, need, we, we, we do hurt people. And the Psalms are a great way of putting into words those, those hurts, and those doubts. But don't give up on God's people either. We need one another. And your church family can even be part of your healing process. So how can we share the love of our triune God. What could it look to love like God the Father, like God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? This was an interesting exercise for me to think about the the Trinity, so I hope this is helpful for you too. Well, consider how the Father listens to us when we pray. What love God shows to us when the creator and sustainer of everything has time to lend us an ear to hear from us. Just amazing. (laughs) And I wonder, when was a time when you felt really listened to? Why did you feel listened to? Maybe the other person gave you some solid eye contact. Maybe they didn't uh, talk too much and they gave you space to talk. Maybe they didn't offer advice too quickly or readily. They ask good questions. We can help others enjoy the loving, listening ear of our Heavenly Father through listening to each other well. 
or consider the love of the son. Jesus spent his life eating and drinking with one with people, walking and sailing and travelling. And this passage is saying that we can actually experience his loving glance, his healing hug through the church, through you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Now, you know how our pastors encourage us to come to church or to gospel communities, to GCs. Well, there's a reason that is a part of Anchor's DNA. Rocking up to church is an incredibly encouraging thing and a beautiful act of love. As someone, personally, who has a tendency to be late to everything, um, I have struggled to understand why being early or even on time um, to church is a good thing. But I'm married to someone who is on time, if not likes to be early. So I've been working on that part of my life. <laughs> and I've now got a new appreciation for why our pastors encourage us. <laughs> I'm sitting there early and I look around and there's a lot of new people at church. But who's there to welcome them? Now, there's definitely reasons to be late to church or to miss church completely but don't let that be your norm it's going to be tempting with restrictions easing to fall out of the habit so let me encourage you to pursue love as you make decisions around being physically present at church and really significantly at church um, we can share the lord's supper with one another and in this way, we remember the body and blood, Jesus' life and death for us. And it might feel a bit uncomfortable. I don't know your background, but some of us aren't used to that tradition. But when we share the Lord's Supper, there's this beautiful opportunity to look at one another to, and to actually remind one another of the gospel, of God's forgiveness and the purification that Jesus achieved for us. And not only that, it's this opportunity to see grace in the other person's life and to rejoice that God has made our church so diverse and rich with our brothers and sisters. So that's why tonight we are going to be sharing the Lord's Supper together. And we can partner with the Spirit to express his love for the church. And this could be through um, words of encouragement, words of wisdom, or a loving rebuke. Just recently, a girlfriend who is in the room, she'll probably know, um, she was praying for me, for my anxieties around looking after Archie. And as she prayed, she prayed that I'd remember eternity. It's like such a simple thing, but it took intentionality and courage for her to pray that, I think. And it was so simple, but it flicked a switch in my heart. Like, of course, of course I need to remember eternity. And of course, my, if he has a, a pimple on his butt, but that's okay. Sorry, Archie. <laughs> he doesn't know what pimple is or any words really, but that's okay. <laughs> but it lifted my gaze from like that narrow view to what God's doing in this big picture. And it was such a, a helpful thing for her to pray for me. I'm really appreciative of that. Isn't it amazing that the Spirit loves us in such tangible ways? And one final um, and powerful way that we can enjoy God as a church is when we gather to sing. 
It's a beautiful opportunity to worship the Lord together, to declare truths to one another, um, and to remind one another of our Lord. Recently, Archie and I were driving to visit um, his great-grandma. She's in a nursing home, and it's a bit of a sad situation. She's really not doing very well, and... um, yeah, I was a bit sad going to visit her. And this song came on. Um, it's A Good Grace by Hillsong United. Does anyone know it? Great. Well, you will know it by the end of the night. <laughs> um, such a simple song, but gosh, it moved my heart. Those truths were so helpful for me. Um, I found myself moved and strengthened that God is with me that God's for me, some really basic realities of God. And yeah, we're going to sing it tonight. Oh, sorry, we're going to be sung it tonight. (laughs) We're COVID safe here. Um, Check out these lyrics. Don't let your heart be troubled. Fear no evil. Fix your eyes on this one truth. God is madly in love with you. Take courage, hold on. Be strong. Remember where your help comes from. And wonderfully, Eliza and Nicole will be singing us this song in a moment. And as these lyrics are sung, enjoy God. Enjoy his gentle reminder of his presence, his forgiveness, and the confidence that you can have to face whatever comes your way. Enjoy the love being poured out to you by these amazing women. So I wonder, how has the Spirit been prompting you, even now, to do all kinds of love to others? Maybe it's offering a lift to someone, buying someone an Uber um, gift card, texting a friend you haven't seen at church for a while. I'm excited to see what the Lord will do through you guys. Perhaps you don't call yourself a Christian and you've experienced Christian community Or perhaps you haven't. From my experience, one of the richest times has been amongst my church family. So give it a go. Give it a go again. Don't let past experiences rob you of the joy of experiencing God. So ladies, God is love and he loves you. Your identity is one of secure unchanging love and each one of us can partake in expressing God's love to one another through one another we can enjoy God's love it's good news so I'm going to pray now please join with me our father in heaven Lord we stand in awe of you you are love in every essence and you are so good we worship you Lord, thank you for loving us, for showing us what love is and helping us to love one another by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we're sorry for not loving people. Thank you for your forgiveness and your grace. Father, you've made us all so uniquely and beautifully, and it's such a blessing to be a part of a community, of a family, where we get to see your creativity and love at work. We ask that you would give us wisdom and selflessness as we seek to figure out what it looks like to love one another and to receive love. Help us to enjoy you more 
and to delight in who you are. Lord, we look forward to an eternity of comprehending the vastness of your love and we eagerly desire your return. Come, Lord Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray now. Amen.